Welcome to BDO To Go, casual industry conversation brought to you by the restaurant industry professionals at BDO. The constantly evolving landscape of the industry forces operators and owners to adapt quickly and maintain a keen awareness of consumer and economic shifts. Understanding these business impacts and insights is key to the continued success and resilience of the restaurant industry. That's why we crafted our new BDO To Go podcast series, a monthly podcast that you can take to go. Now, here's your host, Jeff Tuba. Welcome back to another episode of the BDO To Go Restaurant Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Tubal, and as always, we encourage you to click subscribe to automatically download our episodes and rate our podcast. We hope you enjoy the content that you can take with you to go. Today, Dana Zakowski from BDO will be talking with Michael Schatzberg from Branded Strategic Hospitality. Dana, I'll turn it over to you for an exciting conversation with Michael. Jeff, thank you so much for that great introduction. And today we have... Mike Schatzberg, better known to all of us listening as Shatsy. So if you don't know him, just introduce yourself to him as, and he'll be Shatsy back. So here we yes, go. Yes, Shatsy's great. So today, as a partner of Branded Strategic Hospitality, today's conversation is going to talk a little bit about restaurants, a little bit about technology, a little bit about the future of both, how we see them integrating, and anyone who follows Shatsy on social media, mostly LinkedIn probably sees more great information about the integration of restaurants and technology than I think at this point anyone else is putting out there. So thanks so much for being here with us. Hey, thanks, Dana. Thanks for having me. This is great. I love being part of the BDO to go. And who Any- better and who better to run BDO to go than you? Thank you so much. So let's talk first about restaurants. Tell me how you got started in the restaurant industry, and a little bit about the brands that you guys work with. Right, Dana, thanks for that. Uh, 1967, Livingston, New Jersey. My mom gave birth. No, I'm just kidding. Um, All serious, this. Um, I started in restaurants about uh, probably 25 plus years ago um, with a restaurant in New York City called Dukes with my partner and still partner, uh, Dean Palin. And uh, we went to college together, and I was looking for something to do Um, after I'd been working for my dad for a little bit and, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I started bartending, uh, for Dean at a restaurant he had just opened called Dukes on 19th and Park South. And that led to not just bartending that I became a partner and that led to more and more restaurants. And ultimately we, uh, we had city crab, we had big daddies, we had Dukes and several other restaurants around the city. Awesome. And I'm very familiar with all of them being that I live right down the block. So thank you so much for all of the wonderful meals I've had at all of those great restaurants over the years. I know. So you started with those restaurants and now you have relationships with some other restaurants, both in the neighborhood and throughout the city. How did some of those relationships happen and evolve? Yeah, sure. Well, in the restaurant space, you kind of like when you find a space and you want to do a deal, a lot of times you find uh, other like-minded folks who bring other things to the table. So you're looking for money. You're looking for people who are a chef, maybe someone who specializes in a certain aspect. So over the years, we've accumulated a really a fantastic uh, team of partners. And together, we own and operate today uh, over, I guess, 22 restaurants. And everybody has a different place. Everyone has a different um 
role in 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 these restaurants. So today we've got Barbunia, we've got Le Express, we've got Isabel's Asteria, we have the Gone on the West Side. There's Five Napkin Burger, and the list goes on of uh, of all the restaurants within our ecosystem. Right. So having all these different brands that are all different and different forms of service, different types of cuisine became a natural place for people who were doing different trying to get into different types of technology to approach you about trying to sell you guys some of their technology. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you guys were an early adopter on some of this stuff and how it pivoted from being the buyer to the investment side? It's perfect. I'll tell you, I was having (laughs) dinner with my wife, Jillian, this weekend, and um, she asked me what I did because she always knows that I was in the restaurant business, but now we've gotten so involved in investing in technology and and, and innovation. She said, well, what do you do? I said, it's great. I'm glad that you're asking. We've only been married for I think 21 or 22 years, but I'm glad you want to know what I do. So, so uh, it's it's a great story because um, it got me thinking that I was going to do this podcast with you, and I said, you know, Jillian, this is this is I'm talking to Dana this week, and I got to tell you, it's great because this is exactly I think what we could talk about. Um, you know, using early adopters of technology. I mean, I know it doesn't sound like early today, but when I first started uh, a restaurant like City Crab, I mean, that restaurant. Somebody came to us with this this idea of uh, reservations online, and it was called Co- Open Table. And they came this from San Francisco. My, I will tell you, this is one of my favorite stories because I feel like this is really the pivot point of how you went from being a test case to where you are now. So yeah, a hundred percent. And it was and uh-huh. and they were startup, and they said we've got this great platform to make reservations online. This is twenty three years ago. We didn't even take reservations. Period. I mean, there you know the competition was much lighter and less. So we didn't take any reservations. And I said, well, this is really cool technology, though, because you can run your book. You can run the floor. They had these uh, like these Dell screens. And we tried it. And uh, that was our first foray into just kind of outside of a point of sale tech, you know, out of a point of sale system technology. And then I guess 20 years ago, maybe 21, um, we used a company called Seamless Web. And I say Seamless Web because... That today is Grubhub, but when we were using it, um, you know, trying to deliver food to offices uh, in Midtown for lunches and dinners and trying to, uh, it was really an accounting solution to how are you going to charge clients when you guys are all working extra hours? I'm sure BDO is probably using Seamless Web and you're doing all this work for all these clients and you're ordering, you know, Chinese food and pizzas and this and that. You didn't know who to build. So it was a very easy system to keep track of who we're, who you're charging for these meals to. And that was 21 years ago, that seamless web. So I laugh today, people are like using, you know, Grubhub and DoorDash and, and, and Uber Eats and Caviar, like it's the newest technology. Like I said, this has been around for 21 years in New York. Right. And I say, I think on every single podcast we've done that for better or worse, New York is an island to itself. So, right. When people talk about different things, whether it be third party delivery or any sort of delivery taking a big chunk out of your sales or even the idea of virtual brands or ghost kitchens. I mean, mm-hmm. these are things that here in New York we've had forever, right? Mm-hmm. You used to order yeah. Chinese food or Japanese. It came from a phone number and an address, but if you went to look for it, it didn't always exist. Right, right. Yeah. So so we really kind of were early adopters technology. And then I go down, Dana, I, I was using Compete, Harry who founded Compete. I think he was the CFO from Roots Chris Steak. Um, 
we use Compete and Avero, which happens to be right in our building, and Damien. And we're using that for analytics. And I've been using this tech, like I said, I mean, Compete 15, 16 years ago, um, a hot schedule, scheduling platform. When I started to use, you know, making a schedule, it was a piece of paper, a ruler, and a pencil. Right. And, uh, and then I think we got really cool. We went to Excel. So uh, David Canto launched Hot Schedules. I'm telling you, it's like 19 years old. And um, so we've been using a lot of tech for a long time. Um, we just never invested in these companies. We were just good customers. We helped them with the roadmap. We tried to kind of uh, give them ideas to help the product simply because we wanted a better product because it was our restaurant and I wanted the best product possible to help us reduce costs or be more efficient in what they were giving us. So fast forward to, I guess, about three, four years ago, we launched Brand the Strategic Hospitality with the idea that we would continue vetting and testing um, early stage companies that were really solutions for our business. But now we would add the component of investing and really um, helping their roadmap, but now not just being a customer. Now we actually have, you know, a seat at the table, you know, some skin in the game and really had a vested interest to want to make sure these companies do great. And that's kind of like where we are now. Right. And I think that people like working with you guys, like I said, besides being great people and great personalities, you have a long history. You guys have been around a very long time as far as restaurants go and having the different brands and different service methods and all the things I said earlier. But I also think what's nice is that traditionally and typically the restaurant industry has been pretty late adopters to the technology game. And you guys weren't. You were there early. You wanted to be involved. You wanted it. Where do you think or what do you think was that pivot point where restaurants are now starting to, I think we're still behind the curve, but mm -hmm. we're at least moving a little bit forward where Excel is not our main driver of every single business decision we're making? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. I'll tell you, it's, uh, I was at an event, um, oh, I don't know, two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, uh, certainly long before COVID. And um, I think it was a whole bunch of technology people and hospitality people. And I think someone said that hospitality technology, the only industry to, uh, to be slower to embrace technology other than hospitality was coal miners and coal mining. And, I, and, we, and everyone, everyone in the room just started laughing. And then we have said, I got to be honest, I think coal mining with fracking, they may be even, they may be even ahead of hospitality. Right. You know, you talk to an operator and even some of my partners who, who I've been with for, for years, you know, as far as technology, as far as they're concerned, I have a point of sale system. What more technology do you want, Shats? Look at this. It right. accepts a credit card. You can place an order, rings up in the kitchen. I am technologically advanced. Right. And, and uh, yeah, I was just going to say it's really changed a lot. I think um, for us, we say that um, it, it had been evolving. It had been changing. It was just really slow because if you go to an operator and his business is chugging along and he's like, well, you should, you should try this. He's like, I don't, what do I need that for? I'm so busy with all these other things I'm doing in my business because running a restaurant is a lot of moving parts and you just don't have the time. And I think for us, one thing we were fortunate about is being in New York City with, you know, arguably, I don't want to get in trouble, but arguably, I think the best food city in the world, certainly the best restaurants in the world. And, you know, so anyone who wanted to sell technology into restaurants, I think naturally they came to New York, San Francisco, Chicago. I mean, that's where you, because it's just, we have so many restaurants here. So for us, because we've been around for so long, we have a bunch of restaurants. We always had the advantage of 
the people trying to sell the technology always came knocking on our door. So we got a really good early look. For so someone now who you are involved in the technology, you're deciding as investors, you obviously could only, and we're not, we don't have to say which one or mm-hmm. by name, but you could only have one in each category, right? So now whether it be reservation system or an inventory management system, how are you sussing out which is the one that you guys really want to put your efforts behind? Because I'm assuming once you guys make that decision, and like I said earlier, between social media and the reach that you guys have as Mm -hmm. authorities in restaurant technology at this point, people are going to look to you for answers. What are some of the criteria you guys are looking for and how are you testing it? Yeah, it's a great question. I think for us, A, first and foremost, we look for companies. We look for technology that is hospitality centric. It's really looking to be on the side of the hospitality, the restaurant, the hotel, the the operator. And that's first and foremost. Then for us, we're looking what's best for our restaurant. So every technology, every company we see with innovation and tech, it may not be a good fit for us. So we, we then will expand out to other folks that we know in the industry. Again, being in the industry so long, we know people have fast casual restaurants, QSR, you know, high end, uh, you know, more casual, less expensive. So we can find people to test and vet some of these things for us. But, you know, it's, everything's not going to be the right fit. So we, I, I can't vouch for every single technology in my restaurants, but I can vouch for every single technology in somebody's restaurant. And it's uh-huh. somebody that we trust. We call them our, our subject matter experts. And we have a, a, a bunch uh, around the country who we can go to and say, look, we think this is really cool. I can't use it in my restaurant because it just isn't the right fit. But you've got, I just argument said, you know, you've got 25 Popeyes, you know, and, and this is really a fast casual kind of, uh, con, uh, kind of uh, con, uh, technology. It's not right for our casual dining here in New York City. Could you test it out and let me know what you think? And that's kind of like what we do. So uh, anything that we look at, anything that we invest in, we have vetted, whether it be in our stores or someone else's stores in our right. network. So we know it's right. It, it works and it's solving a problem. Nothing right. works. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, as far as that network goes, some of the, I know you guys, again, pre-pandemic, and I'm assuming that once we're allowed to gather in groups, depending on whether it be in another month, three months or six, mm-hmm. you guys do some great networking events where you do bring some of those subject matter experts and other industry partners together in the room to have different restaurants look at some of these technologies. After the podcast, we'll be able to share your information. So I think other people are going to want to be, are going to be interested in attending those events and hearing about them. Are those the kinds of people you're using primarily as your partners and subject matter experts? Um, well, it's, I mean, look, before you're right, before the pandemic, uh, we were prolific, you know, uh, hosts of events and we didn't, you know, charge anyone to come to the events. It was really just a matter of getting people together to show everybody, showcase all the different uh, technology and innovation that's out there. And we did an event for hospitality operators. We did an event for the, for the you know, technology people, for investors, et cetera, and, and always focused on what's best for the industry. You know, look, if the industry doesn't do well, then we look at the folks, you know, some of the folks that we work with are Coca-Cola, Ecolab, you know, InBev, Performance Food Group, Cisco, 
Uh-huh. I mean, I, and the list goes on. We call these strategic connections. And these companies, if the hotels and restaurants and the airports, anywhere food and beverage is served and sold, if that's not doing well, then their business isn't doing well. You know, if if ever if all these amusement parks and hotels and restaurants are closed, then Coca-Cola is not selling a lot of their products. So that's not good. So everyone in this ecosystem has a vested interest to make sure that our industry not just survives, because that's not what we're looking to do. It needs to thrive. Right. No, I couldn't agree more. So you have these part these bigger companies that are partners of yours as well. What kind of involvement are you talking about when you work with those kinds of companies? Are they helping you look at the technologies? Are they helping fund these different technologies? What kind of relationship is it there? Or is that something you're not privy to talk about here? The restaurant or the hospitality industry, and we believe, again, hospitality for us is really anywhere food and beverage is served and sold. So it's big. It's not just restaurants. It's airports, stadiums, amusement parks. You know, uh-huh. the, the list goes on and on. It's a big ecosystem around the world trillions upon trillions of dollars in economic activity. It takes a village. So, you know, there's not going to be, when we talk about some of these companies, I don't believe there's one winner in any one vertical. There's lots of companies doing great things. So when we work with strategics, you know, there are a lot of these companies are really big multinational companies. We like Mm -hmm. to call them the um, aircraft carriers or oil tankers. And for us, Branded, we like to look at ourselves as a speedboat. So we can move around pretty quick. We're very agile. And we find things that, because we're in the trenches, that are interesting. And it may not be what's hot right this second, but it's going to become hot. And these big strategic companies, they want to know what's hot. And they're very big, and it's hard for them to make decisions and move. So they're looking to us to show them what's some of the latest and greatest. And they become really great partners for us. No, that's fantastic. And then I think for the people listening to the podcast today are going to be mostly operators, whether they have anywhere one unit up to thousands of units. But Mm -hmm. let's say there's someone just like you guys, 20 to 30 restaurants, you know, casual dining segment, whether it be in a major city or suburban somewhere. What do you think would be the most important technology that someone really needs to have in their restaurant. Well, I mean, look, clear, clearly, I think the cat's Not out of the bag. Not by name, but just... Yeah, no, no, but the cat's out of the bag right now. No names, but the cat's out of the bag right now. In pre-pandemic, everyone was kind of like, um, you know, just chugging along, doing their thing. You know, some operators were like, oh, yeah, my website, I got, I use Uber Eats, I got DoorDash, and, 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 but today, now, you know, a year and change later from when this, this thing hit, Every operator, if they don't have their own online ordering solution, we call it white label. If they don't have their own solution that they control, then they're really, really late to the party. <laughs> and and I, I, I don't know how they're going to survive. Um, so I think that that is the most obvious technology that everyone needs to have. You need to have an online ordering platform. The DSPs are great. We love them. I use them all, always have. Mm-hmm. But you be if, if someone goes to your website, they need to be accessing. That's your customer. They need to be accessing your own ordering platform where you can connect, get their email, get their a cell phone number, where you're capturing that information and really connecting with your customer. I think this leads to customer engagement right. because I think at the end of the day, 
you need to be contacting your customers all the time and stay engaged with them. And, you know, email is a great tool. Uh, SMS is a great tool. But, you know, making sure that you're letting them know about, the, you know, the birthday promotions going on, your brunch promotion, whatever it is. And if you're relying on third party, the third party is promoting their agenda. So you really have to make sure that you have a white label delivery solution and you are capturing those uh, tools to engage your customer and stay in touch with your customer. You know, that's the most important thing. Making Hospitality, at the end of the day, we call it touching tables. And touching tables is you walk around and you touch the table and you talk to the guest. If, if a lot of guests are ordering online today, you don't even know who that customer is. So you have to touch tables. And touching tables in the virtual or digital world, it's, it's that same way of are you sending text notifications? Are you emailing them? Are you keeping them abreast of what's happening in your world? You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. And as we, I mean, I agree, agree, agree. I mean, there's nothing better than feeling special by either the waiter, the manager, the owner of a restaurant, whether mm -hmm. it be, like you said, touching the table for real or getting some sort of personalized information about a wine promotion that's going on because they know that every time I go to the restaurant, there's the same kind of wine that I keep drinking. And you probably drink a lot of wine. Only at your restaurants. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, yeah, and I was going to say, I think on the customer engagement side, I think uh -huh. what to your point, it's knowing what your preferences are. So Dana doesn't want to get notifications and emails and texts or what have you about, you know, steak if Dana's a vegetarian because it's just noise. So Dana really wants to get, in, you know, information that she can use. I know my wife loves Instagram and I know some people don't, but she loves Instagram because the feeds that she get. It's always like she buys like crazy because she's always getting a cute shirt or a cute this or a cute something. She loves it. So she buys it because they know what she likes. Right. It's amazing so it's the how same this, thing. Technology, this whole technology thing works and yeah. how Instagram just knows what I want. But, 100%. I, but I think as we're coming to a close here, what are you most excited about for 2021, 2022? What do you think is like? the most exciting thing that's going to happen or that you hope that happens besides well, that I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think just for us traveling, uh, getting back for us the, the, to, to, to trade shows and seeing everybody in the business, both on the restaurant side, on um, the technology and innovation side, getting that camaraderie together. Look, we are a, a social, a social loving species by nature. We love to go out. We love to go to bars. We love to eat and drink, especially here in New York City. So I can't wait to get that going. I think on the tech side, what we're most incredibly excited about is something we already talked about. I think when you talk about retail, and we just talked a little about Instagram, when you talk about retail and how far ahead they have been on technology about the ability to buy like Amazon buying a book, you know, in its earliest days. I mean, it's they're so far ahead of us in that in than hospitality is. So I think the ability to continue to engage your customers, use technology to to communicate with your customer, find out what they like and give them what they like. I think that and and using the data. Because there's a lot of data out there that we collect in restaurants, but restaurant operators, we're not data scientists. We have no idea what to do with the data. But I know how many times certain people eat at my restaurant. I know what they spend. You know, So to try and use that to help um, have more repeat customers, have people spend more money, um, I think is really exciting. And that's what we're really focused on, right, as the whole engagement and using the data to be able to understand the habits of our consumer on the food side. I know that Uber Eats just did a deal with Instagram. 
that's big news. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that. Right. Big companies coming together and using all the customer data. So lovely. Yes. yes. Well, I don't know if it's lovely or not, but I think that, you know, like I said, I mean, I just think that being able to, I, I, you know, I know it freaks people out, but I think it's really cool. I don't know how they do it. I mean, it's really weird. I mean, when you like start talking about like Adidas sneakers and then like all of a sudden on Instagram, you get like a picture for Adidas sneakers. Right. <laughs> like no, I, how, how do they do that? Right, exactly. <laughs> but right. If we're right. But hopefully we could figure it out the same way that retail did as a restaurant industry and start targeting the customer and making sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Dave is talking about getting sushi. Be cool. Is some really great sushi came. Oh my God. I never even heard of this restaurant just opened up and Dana gets a great experience. It's just, look, I know. And look, you know, what's great about it. If you don't like it, disengage. Right. Say don't don't subscribe, unsubscribe, take me off, or get off the platforms altogether. You know, but I, I love it. I think it's great. We're super excited about that. I think that to me is what's uh, what we're seeing a lot of. Great, I love it. I love talking to you, and thank you so much for being with us today. And you don't want to talk anymore. That's it. That's all I get. That, that's it. But maybe we'll have you back again another time. We'll find a great n- new topic when the okay. world opens up again, and we'll have you that's back. That's a deal. That's that. a deal, Dan. It's always great talking to you. You are a uh, a, a really a leader uh, in the space and a, and a and a connector. And everybody uh, loves you. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to BDO to go. Past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com slash BDO to go. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, share, or subscribe to this podcast. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on BDO's restaurant industry practice and the resources we provide, visit www.bdo.com slash restaurants.